0: Hello, and welcome to the Deep and Durable Learning Podcast. This is the show for anyone who wants to learn how to think. Your brain was designed to think deeply, but thinking often loses out in the battle for educational efficiency. Real thinking gets pushed to the margins, and eventually abandoned in far too many cases. I know there are many, including some educators, who don't believe that thinking can be taught. My students in my nearly 45 years in higher education, however, regularly told me on course evaluations that I taught them how to think. I believe I can help you with my proven strategies. Welcome to today's podcast that I call Purposeful Persistent Perception. This season, we're exploring how to develop a series of dispositions that lead to learner's mind. In the last podcast, I developed the essential element of attention. Attention is the first manifestation of curiosity and curiosity is the starting point for all learning. The root problem for most adult learners is that they no longer manifest the curiosity which universally characterizes preschoolers. Preschoolers are curious about all sorts of things all day long. Their curiosity manifests itself in a seemingly endless torrent of how and why questions, as well as in their tendency to wander off as they explore their physical environment. The loss of curiosity comes as efficiency becomes the dominant life paradigm. Parents can hasten the withering of curiosity by overscheduling their child. Many children no longer have open-ended playtime in which to explore. Even leisure is crammed with scheduled swimming lessons, soccer or baseball leagues, ballet, music lessons, and a host of other enrichment activities. Educators choke curiosity by an emphasis on mindless memorization and their one right answer obsession. The batch processing approach of most education is wildly successful at squelching curiosity by the upper elementary or middle school years in all but a handful of students. The result is a loss of motivation to learn. Learning becomes a joyless assembly line job in an educational factory for far too many children. Adults manage the education of children, so it's perhaps inevitable that the educational and enrichment spheres of childhood reflect adult perspectives. Adults as a group are not characterized by curiosity that leads to exploration. Adults are characterized by an emphasis on efficiency within a time management framework. The emphasis on efficiency, which we explored in the previous podcast, leads directly to another E. That E is exploitation. Exploitation is the term cognitive neuroscientists use. The word carries significant moral baggage pointing at a throwaway culture, but that's not the intended meaning. Exploitation here means mining or farming the knowledge that you already have in order to get the maximum value out of it. Exploitation says, in essence, you don't need to go on an uncertain quest after additional knowledge. You probably already know what you need to know. You just need to pull it out of your memory and put it to use. As I developed in the previous podcast, adults tend to think that exploration is too unpredictable. They're already stressed out by a constant barrage of information so their brain filters it out, or files it as factoids. Attention involves a willingness to entertain ideas outside my knowledge or experience. Adults, however, tend to focus on farming their existing plot, while children are interested in what lies outside the current boundaries, which is what leads them to exploration. Granted, adults still need to farm for the sake of efficiency and food on the table, but there is much potential for growth that's overlooked if the focus is simply on efficient farming. As an analogy, suppose that you inherited a large tract of land, much of which you've never explored because the day-to-day demands of farming are so intense. It may be that the land has been cultivated for generations but not on the best part of your property for growing your current crops. You may be able to grow your current crops better in another location. Or grow different crops if you got out of the grind from time to time to explore options. Some of these options might also come up if you saw what other farmers are doing. Appropriate stewardship of our lives points us to wisdom as the principal thing. Wisdom is sometimes defined as the best means to the best end. In our farming analogy, prematurely closing off exploration, in preference for efficiency in farming, the so-called exploitation, means I'll almost surely fail to find the best means and I might not even be laboring for the best end. Purposeful, periodic opening of myself to new ideas is what exploration looks like for an adult. I intentionally cultivate curiosity, and I'm rewarded periodically as I encounter new ideas and undiscovered aspects of God's creation. Curiosity is being deliberate, in paying attention. Here are a few ways, practically speaking, to encourage your growth in the exploratory paradigm. Take vacations. The majority of Americans evidently leave a good bit of vacation time on the table. They, for various reasons, can't afford, and usually can't afford from a time perspective, to take time off. Then there's short leisurely walks or hikes. And I would add, and really paying attention to your environment. There's talking to friends about substantive things and listening carefully. There's uh, meeting and talking to and listening to new people. Reading books, magazines, blogs that may challenge my current views is another way to grow through exploration. Through that process, learning to ask good questions about contrasting points of view and the assumptions that are made is part of exploration. We can encourage growth by something as simple as resisting over-scheduling or even cultivating a hobby and resisting making it a performance arena where we have to prove ourselves. Now, none of this is to say that I accept the new ideas and perspectives that I encounter in exploration at face value. Discernment is crucial. However, failing to really hear and understand new ideas by prematurely turning off the channel is fatal to growth and the attainment of wisdom. Well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here so that you can see where this is headed. Let me come back and uh, fill in a few gaps. I've said that curiosity is the humility to acknowledge that there's more to learn than I can possibly manage in a lifetime. I need to open myself to knowledge I don't currently possess, so I create some space in my efficient life to do that, space for purposeful exploration. When I explore, I encounter aspects of God's universe, including their reflection in human ideas, and I give them my attention. At this point, we need to move to talking about perception. Attention comes first, and then perception. Perception is a noun. Uh, The Oxford English Dictionary defines it as the process of becoming aware or conscious of a thing or things in general. Perception involves an action. The verb to perceive means, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, to apprehend with the mind. Now, right now, I'm using perceive and perception in a low-level sense of becoming aware or conscious of. I'm not yet talking about being perceptive in the sense of having keen insight. In my basic baby step approach to developing learner's mind we're a way off from being insightful but we will get there this season there're substantial rewards even at this basic stage however collected three quotes from two different uh, three different areas so that you uh, can see the effect of perception notice the effect of perception attention and then perception in these quotes. Here's one from a review of a film that uh, I haven't seen and likely would not see. Uh, I'm not recommending a film, so I don't need to tell you what film this is referring to, but it's a review of a film. and The reviewer says it's the type of film that leaves the trajectory of your day inarguably changed. Colors, a little brighter. Feelings, a bit raw. Reflections, a bit heavier. So, a film has done that to perspective on the day due to perceiving some things that the film was trying to communicate. Or here's one about an exhibit of uh, photography. And again, no endorsement implied. Uh, this is the photographer Robert Adams. And the reviewer says this, even in this broken and diminished world, photographer Robert Adams is saying through his photographs, it is possible, no, it's imperative to exult and sing, end of quote. So again, this is lifting the individual through contact with in this case, a series of photographs that communicate wordlessly some message that uh, is distilled as an imperative that we need to exalt and sing. Here's another example, a third example, from a reporter who uh, was interviewing and observing the actions of the director of horticulture for the coastal Maine Botanical Gardens in Booth Bay, Maine. Here are the comments of the reporter. It was the pattern in that individual floret of the tiny toad lily that captured his attention. Talking about the director now. So he'd zeroed in. Nature's stained glass, he commented. His way of observing is often focused on what he calls the greatness in small scenes. Each small moment quietly reminds us not to rush on to the next garden chore or get distracted by the showy, obvious stuff. Instead, slow down and really look. That's the message that the reporter carried away from observing this uh, director of the Botanical Gardens in Booth Bay, Maine. If you're prone to deadly practicality, you may think the perceiving of the beauty of a tiny toad lily floret is not that significant, certainly not that worthy of interrupting your workflow. If that's you, remember that all of creation is communication, and it's communication in search of a relationship. God is calling worshipers, no, not worshipers of the creation itself, but worship of the one by whom all things were made. Without him was not anything made that has been made. The hymn writer shows us where this perception, this persistent, purposeful perception, takes us in the hymn, This is My Father's World. He says this in the first two stanzas, This is my father's world, and to my listening ears All nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my father's world, I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees, of skies and seas, His hand the wonders wrought. This is my father's world, the birds their carols raise. The morning light, the lily white, declare their maker's praise. This is my father's world, he shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass I hear him pass, he speaks to me everywhere. Frankly, we're embedded we earthlings, in a curriculum ordained by our Creator to produce worshipers. And then that same curriculum enriches the lives of those worshipers. Listen to Solomon in Proverbs 6, as rendered by the New American Standard Bible. Go to the ant, you lazy one. Observe its ways and be wise. Which, having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares its food in the summer, and gathers its provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, you lazy one? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come in like a drifter, and your need like an armed man." Here's Solomon again in Proverbs 26, verses 1 through 3. It's rendered by the ESV. Like snow in summer or rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a sparrow and its flitting, like a swallow and its flying, a curse that is causeless does not alight. A whip for the horse a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Near the end of Proverbs in chapter 30, ESV version, Solomon is overwhelmed with what he sees. He puts it this way, three things are too wonderful for me, four I do not understand. This is the wisest man who ever lived, by the way, other than Jesus Christ. Four that I do not understand the way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and the way of a man with a virgin. Theologian Richard Mao, in his short book, He Shines in All That's Fair, goes so far as to say there's good reason to believe that the Lord is gratified by glowing sunsets and ocean waves breaking on a rocky coastline and a cherry tree in bloom and the speed of a leopard on the chase. This is not mere rhetorical flourish. It is not hyperbole or human excess. Lest there be any doubt, God himself extols in lavish and adoring terms his creation, in Job chapters 38 to 41. That's right, four chapters of exaltation of the creation from God himself. Through a series of pointed questions and concrete examples in the biological and physical worlds, God communicates to Job. Job is stunned into silence. By the very things that are around him and around us. And Job recognizes that he was out of line, and he spoke out of profound ignorance. In Job 42 in the ESV, these are Job's words, starting in verse 3 and then moving to verse 5. I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Verse 5, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you, perceives you, we could say. Therefore, I despise myself, parenthetically for my ignorance and unbelief, and repent in dust and ashes. We've got a lot to learn as well. Fortunately, God is the consummate teacher, and he knows our frame. I encourage you to explore his world and his written word regularly, and as you encounter truth, let it arrest your attention and lead to perception. In the next podcast, I'll take exploration a step further. I'll show the power of exploration in a real-world case study where it outflanked exploitation and efficiency and led directly to a Nobel Prize. Until then, if you'd like to dive deeper into exploration and the early steps in developing learner's mind, go to deepanddurable.com deepanddurable.com where I've cached references and additional links. In the next podcast, I'll take exploration a step further. I'll show the power of exploration in a real-world case study where it outflanked exploitation and efficiency and led directly to a Nobel Prize. Until then, If you'd like to dive deeper into exploration and the early steps in developing learner's mind, go to deepanddurable.com, deepanddurable.com, where I've cached references and additional links.